2: Tell my Hi, everybody. Uh, Andy Richter here uh, with The Three Questions. And I am really thrilled that I am getting to talk to Rhonda Rousey because we shared an experience uh, recently. Uh, we both went to outer space together. Um, <laughs> we didn't plan it that way. But we both are on the Fox show, which is currently running Stars on Mars. We're both stars, apparently.
1: And Martians as well, yeah. yeah. And Martians, I
2: mean, and I just and first of all, let me get out of the way, Rhonda. Let me butter you up before. You were so fantastic, and getting to know you was truly possibly the best thing that came out of that thing because oh. your energy is just. I said, you know, you're like a, you're like a human. I I said this to somebody there. I said, she's walking Prozac. She just you can't be sad around you because you're just so much fun and so enthusiastic about everything and it just was it was really it was great having you there and I just got to, you brought your baby in I don't know if we how we're editing this but you brought your baby in who I know was a big motivator for you to get home I mean it was you know probably a motivator well you know you get a paycheck to be there so she's a motivator to go but right. then after a while
1: well, the thing is, it's like, it was the longest I was ever away from her. And so that's what made it really tough. That was the toughest part. But I'm also, I don't know, if you learned this while you were on Mars, with me that I'm a big space nerd. Yeah. And but like the excuse to go to adult space camp was I'm pretty like awesome. And I actually really loved it. It's funny, when we were there, I was like, amazing experience. I'll never do it again. Yes. And then as soon as I left, I was like, well, if they do all stars on Mars, you know, if they have our <laughs> core group of people, if Andy's there, I'll come back, you know,
2: honestly, that would, that would make a huge difference.
1: It was so funny to me that there was zero stakes. Like, what do you get when you win? William Shatner says you're the brightest star in the galaxy. Right. And so like to everybody in the beginning, it was just like a big joke of like, all right, we know we're all here because of the paycheck. Me, because I like space, you know, and uh, I didn't <laughs> and want I, to I like space. I like space, you know, so Yeah. You
2: but, uh, and for me, I was—I'd never been to Australia, too. really. So that was, yeah, that was like a big. I was very excited about that aspect of it, and I—I I mean, I got to see some stuff, you know, uh, you know, at the beginning and the end of it, you know, before we started and after we were done. I got to see some stuff. So
1: it was really funny when you're coming. I like have kind of really bad social anxiety. I call it like post-social anxiety, where like I can function when I like meet people. But afterwards, I like overanalyze everything so much. Where I'm like, oh, my God, he said this wrong. And to the point where I'm like, I should just never leave home and never talk to anybody. That's not worth it. It freaks me out. <laughs> and so I just got comfortable with the first group of people after I'd like spent the first night crying in my bed and like, you know, hating myself for saying like one or two things was, like not perfectly. It's so stupid. But then when you guys are about to come, I was all nervous. Like, what if they send one of my enemies? What if it's somebody that tries to ta- start shit? <laughs> Like what it, if it's always and always like you know things built on my mind and it showed up and you guys were like you're just sweet as pie, or like, oh my god, new people yeah. some stimulation. I swear to God, when we first started the show, everyone's like, this is so stupid. No one wants to be base commander. Marshawn was base commander by default because everyone wanted to go outside and actually do the activity. Yeah. And all of the patches were like, this is so dumb. And we're like rolling our eyes with William Shatner about ooh, the missing patch. But once you're like in this experiment for a long amount of time, you're like, I want that mission patch and it's so important to you and they start voting for base commander and everyone's like all deep into it of who should be base commander and they start arguing with each other in front of you guys. I was so embarrassed. Like I wanted to melt into the wall i'm like we just got these new <laughs> people here and you got know, my social anxiety. I'm like, they think we're crazy. <laughs> Stop embarrassing us. Like, who gets the shit in space commander? Who gets the shit in the fight <laughs> completely? Like, manufactured stakes. This is not a competition. Like I have competed in things. Okay. This is this is yes. space camp. No one wins space camp. And right, like, right so seriously i was so embarrassed when you first showed up i was like oh man they're just gonna all leave and think that we're nuts but we were already like super institutionalized by the time you guys got there. right
2: you all were in your roles
1: yeah by every day time. they're like say you're in mars say it's soul whatever say yeah. and, and it was so immersive and everyone around you is acting like it's mars that everyone really started to think it was fucking mars by the time you showed up and i was i, I was so embarrassed i thought you yeah when you walked up and left i was like oh He's gone. We, we messed it up. And he's out of here and he thinks it's too crazy to hang with. But thank you for
2: staying. I really appreciate no, it. No, no, it was, it, I, I mean, I had to explain this to people too about taking it seriously because it's, it's absurd. You know, it's like a, the, the idea that like there's, it's the first habitat, human habitat on Mars. So what do we do? We put some people that won Olympic medals and, Reality show stars and comedians and football players out there, like it's just like, why would you do that and it's all you know and and it's all just so you know it's just a such a silly concept and I mean, and the thing that I really do like about the show is that it knows it's kind of silly, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, they're kind of taking it serious, but they also and you know the people that made the show, they know it's. Kind of silly.
1: I mean, they're calling us celebranauts How can you say yes. that?
2: <laughs> like- exactly. But I, I try to explain to people, you know, because like in talking to my wife back home, I'm like, I want to win this thing. I want to like, because you know, like everybody else is up like doing hard workouts and I'm like, who wants bacon? You know, I'm cooking breakfast and I kind of feel like I, you know, I really want to win this over these like people that are super hyper competitive. Cause I've never been hyper competitive in an overt way. Like I like games and I like winning games. So I was like, I really want to, I want to do this because it would be just fun, you know, but you know, like you said, they got to incentivize it. If there was another, there was some money at the end too. I would, I might've, you know,
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, I think cooking bacon was helping people a lot more than working out. <laughs> Man, when I mean, you guys showed up with that, uh, with the actual little grill thing yeah. and Oh, like you have no idea. We were living off of like cereal And like, not even top ramen, it was like bottom ramen. It wasn't even good ramen. (laughs) It was so bad. So you guys, you showed up and you're like, I've bacon this morning. I'm like, Andy, I want to kiss your face. Oh my God, bacon. We showed up with
2: food and a chef, you know?
1: Oh my gosh. And we got to sit down and have a little family meal. That was cute.
2: That was something that the, that I, you know, the producers of the show told me too, is that they learned as they went, that they were, they were like, no, you can't leave the habitat which means like, go out to the parking lot and talk on the phone to your loved ones back home. And right. apparently, people were like, "Fuck that! I'm going out to the parking lot <laughs> call, that was Marshawn, my, call my call my family." Like, yeah, like telling like Marshawn
1: telling Marshawn
2: Lynch to do anything that he doesn't want to do. Like half the time, he wouldn't put on his microphone. Yeah. Or like, there, there's a great there's a great promo shot of him. In his helmet, and he because ne- they, they did photo shoots of us, obviously to use for promotion. <laughs> and he never did his photo shoot with his space helmet on. So they just took a picture of him in a cowboy hat and a beanie. He had a beanie and a cowboy <laughs> hat, and then put him in the space helmet it's the most hilarious thing because it's like how could you possibly get two hats on under a space helmet and the but rim he is did completely it completely straight it's
1: like not even bent by the helmet at all yeah my, my, my friend jason describes Marshawn as the funniest person who's never told a joke yes and that is like i i would just sit around him and like laugh at him like he was the truman show happening in front Absolutely. of me the most entertaining person i've ever met
2: yeah oh yeah. my god he was great Um, Do you think that, like, being a competitor was helpful in that sense? You know, I mean, because... I think it was helpful in that, like, I've competed in things that were actually really high stakes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like,
1: all of, like, the actors in reality TV stars are like, oh, my God, this is a competition. I'm like, um, I've been in two Olympics. And
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Space camp, guys. No one wins space camp. Who cares? And so it, it kind of kept me from taking it too seriously. Because yeah. I've really competed at a really high level that I'm like, okay, this is this is not <laughs> this is yes this is space so they kept trying to act ask me stuff like are there factions are there like things and da and you notice they never put any kind of interview about me when they're talking about factions and stuff because i was like no there's not i get along with everybody we're just trying to get through to the end together and this is about like keeping the social network you know completely like intact and like you know everyone helping each other and being there for each other they cut all my kumbaya shit out <laughs> they didn't want any of that in there. They like and there was not like nearly as like cutthroat or they had all of this stuff about this tension and everything in there. Like it was completely manufactured to me. I never felt that vibe that yeah. oh there's these factions and that and that and that and that and
2: well there was yeah, like- and I mean and there were some people I think that were kind of like like I didn't go into it and I and I this is something that I said a lot back, you know, like in the interview things, I said, I'm here to make a TV show. That's what I do for a living. I make television. So I'm not here to like, my first thing isn't like, I'm going to win the competition. I'm going to be like the best Martian celebrity astronaut. Like, I'm like, I'm going to help make a TV show. Like I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, do what I do. I was gonna treat it like it was a talk show or a game show, or you know, more like a game show because it is. It's a game show, Mm -hmm. and and there were people that took it kind of serious. And in fact, at one point, like there's somebody, and I, I, I don't think it's been on yet, but there's somebody that kind of accuses me of like conniving. Acting in a certain way because I know that it would be better for my chances of sticking around, and oh I was—I I had to say, I do not give a shit about any of that. I don't, Uh-oh. you know. I was like, I, I don't want want Daddy
1: respect respected. I was stabbing for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like yes, I've made fat. I've me and Lance Armstrong have made a secret blood pack. You know, it's like, uh, no, I'm just here. I'm just doing the, you know, I'm taking it day by day. and I'm make to...
1: bacon, man. What are yeah. you saying? Like, <laughs> it's so underlying. You're trying to make bacon so that we, yeah. we don't vote you off. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. So well, yeah. And, and the thing
2: again. that I really, the thing that I really felt was my most valuable thing is I felt like while I was there, I was the only person that took out the garbage. Like the trash there can. a I, place to take it? I would just go throw it out the door. You know, and figure <laughs> somebody else's problem, but it would be overflowing. Like the, oh. I'd come in the kitchen and it'd be overflowing with garbage. And I'd be like, you're all fucking adults. Like, what the fuck? Are you, you don't like- even
1: know. We had to fight for a broom and a mop. Like the wow. floor was disgusting in the beginning. And we had to like literally get them to give us like brooms and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty funny. Like, Lance is kind of our designated asshole. I don't know if you ever saw him do this, but they'd be like, the AI would be like, Lance, please go to interview room one for your interview. And he'd be like, I'm not going for interview until we get more wine. One bottle of wine for 10 people is not acceptable. And they'd be like, Lance, more wine is in the closet. Please go to interview room one. And I would be like, wow, I would never say that, but I'm going yeah, to bring that wine you. that you got yeah, for
2: us. Thank you, Lance. <laughs>
1: Thanks for being the dick. Yeah. I Yep. It. yep. But yeah, we had to do stuff like that to leverage like the water the water cooler thing. We had to drink water out of the sink when we first got there. There was no water cooler. We had no broom, we had no mop. Um, we had no alcohol. <laughs> had, no like, fresh
2: food either it seemed no like. fresh food. It was like, all like shrink-wrapped or vacuum sealed. It was
1: so bad. Like you don't have no idea the price that we fought for you to have when you showed up. No, I do because you guys it talked it about Iron it ship. all
2: the time. You guys were like old people. <laughs> I know. Like you don't know how hard it was. You guys got it easy. These, oh, man. these challenges are for pussies.
1: That's oh, so true, though. The, the the first challenges were nuts. But it was also kind of cool in that, like if you shoot like an action film or something like that, you do a sequence like that, you have to do it a million times on yeah. every little part, and it's all tedious, and you have to do all kinds of rehearsals and stuff this was just kind of like the fun part. You just kind of get thrown in and you get to do like the stunt. And if you mess it up, then you lose. But right, I, like right. it was like an action movie on like a, like on what's it called? I'm fast forward. So you kind yeah. of got to skip the tediousness and just do the stunts and then go
2: back. Right. And so, well, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about stars on Mars all the time. And I want to talk about you. Cause I'm happy to have you on the show. Cause I mean, We, you know, you'd been on the Conan show a a number of times, but there's no, you know, it's such an artificial environment that I didn't really, I mean, I felt like I'd met you, but I didn't feel like I, I've known you, but you've, you know, you've had such a jam-packed life for, you know, a person that's not that old.
1: I've lived several lifetimes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you were brought up to be a fighter, quite literally. Your mom was like a, 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 the first American to win the World Judo Championship.
1: Wow. Yes, you're right. Is yeah, that, like and is 24. that female or male? Female or male. First one well, ever.
2: Incredible. And then so she just was she always just tossing you around?
1: Uh, no, but we did wrestle a lot in the living room. She had this one game called Eyeball the Terrible Villain. <laughs> or she would uh, <laughs> lay in the middle of the living room and we would run from couch to couch. She would like grab us and like wrestle us down and tickle us and we would have to escape and jump away. And um, yeah, so that's like one of my why well, I was always like pushing furniture out of the way to wrestle in the living room. Like that's yeah, one of yeah. my favorite things ever. And I can't wait until my little girl is old enough for me to wrestle around with her. We have a ring in the backyard. She loves getting the ring and roll around and like i show her like how to do like do like a flip and ju- like to fall and all of these things and she does all the jumping and falling yeah. and so it's kind of like yeah like a family thing that how we kind of like bond and play around i just love i love wrestling and my and that came from my mom wrestling
2: with us babies need to learn to take a flat back bump they just need <laughs> yeah. to learn yeah you know tuck your chin when you fall i mean i actually i'm not a, i'm not a fighter but like i've you know like i i'm a i was a pro wrestling fan you know since i was a little kid i don't keep up as much as i used to be, you know just because life or whatever yeah. but but i have you know and so i always was kind of like aware of like what was going on and you know you could you know and like me and my friends would you know like do power bombs on each other like onto like a beanbag chair or something you know and mm-hmm. and that and you really realize like Oh, you can't do that all yourself. Like you, you need the person who's being power bombed to do like 50% of the work or you're going to hurt yourself. I've always taught my kids when we're, you know, from tossing them around, like now before you land, tuck your chin, like keep your chin down, you know, like protect your neck and your head.
1: It's so funny. Poe has started, uh, she has like this blow up triceratops and her favorite thing is to throw herself off of it. But she puts her arm out fall and I'm like, don't post you can't post If you post you can dislocate your elbow yeah your yeah, so yeah she'll be throwing herself over and I'm like pulling her hand every time I'm trying to teach her like the like, Kenny waza, which is falling technique and yeah you know, yeah and, yeah it's like those little things of like no, you need your falling technique and my boys play football and I'm always like, you know you need to fall correctly really a falling technique is very important and I'm like, okay, Rhonda all, right,
0: man, all right yeah I'm,
1: you know they' They're already, like, getting ready for, like, college and all of this stuff like that. I'm like, make sure you fall correctly, okay, when you're with the big boys (laughs) playing football.
2: Yeah. when When you're drunk and you fall down, you know, make sure you fall. Remember to not be so drunk you forget to not put your elbow out.
1: I had one of those embarrassing moments in middle school where like I tripped and fell with my backpack on and like did like a and Kemi and rolled through and popped up and was like, oh my God, I didn't even see them. So embarrassed. I had one kid saw and was like, that was so cool. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 what is that embarrassment? Man, that would have been terrible. Seventh grade. I would have gone home and died.
2: That's
0: uh, great.
1: But yeah, it comes in handy. mom i got the job in manhattan do you have a warm enough winter coat what about your car i'm selling it with kelly blue book instant cash offer how i enter my license plate number miles condition upload photos and boom an official cash offer from a local dealership a cash offer instantly oh did you call ann stella she's right there in massachusetts mom i literally just got the job
0: not everything is as simple as selling your car with kelly blue book instant cash offer price it fix it trade it sell it at kbb.com Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches.
2: But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this
0: juicy gem of a detour. Can't you tell my love's
1: a crow?
2: Now, you were the youngest, and...
1: I was the youngest for 11 years, and then my Oh, okay.
2: Younger... And then you have a half, you have, like, step or half brother sisters or
1: yeah, I have three sisters, but I think, yeah, only one of them is a full sister, but one of my, my younger sister, we have different dads and we're the ones that look exactly alike. It's crazy. Oh, okay. So yeah, we never really think about it like that. You know, we're all
2: right. Sorry. No, I know. I know. I have a younger half brother and sister and I'm the second of four, you know what I mean? Even, and we have different dads, but I, that doesn't, you know, the only, the only thing that was weird about that was that, my they're they're twins they're nine years younger than me and their their names are Katie and Victor and it's their last name is Swanson and so I would take my brother around after you know he got to be like college age and I'd bring him around I say, this is my brother Victor this is Vic this is my brother Victor and finally somebody said wait a minute your brother's name is Victor Richter
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I
2: was thinking different... we did
1: Swanson, that Johnson. What <laughs> would have been funny? Johnson Swanson. Yeah, and Johnson Victor Richter. <laughs> Swanson, yeah, yeah.
2: But I was like, no, no, no. It's not Victor Richter. Um, <laughs> but when, like, did you, was it put on you? Like, did, did, is everybody in your family or all the kids, like, were they all, like, kind of expected to get into judo and to get into competitive sports?
1: No, they're all expected to try it. Yeah. So my all my sisters tried it, and they were like, I think Maria tried it, won her first tournament when she was six, and then decided to quit while she was ahead, undefeated. And then uh, <laughs> Jennifer tried it, and someone tried to to choke her because you're allowed to start choking when you're 13, and she was like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone tried to choke her. I'm not getting choked. Um, then I tried it like right before I turned eleven and I just like fell in love with it right away. And then yeah. my little sister, since before she was four, wanted to do judo because she saw me doing it. So my mom started teaching TV judo and then she did it for a while and then got over it and just did it. she was more of a team sport person. She likes the social aspect. So everyone tried it, but I was the one that really like dove into it. Cause I was yeah. like the real competitive one, I think, out of all of them. Cause I was like the youngest and always wanted to like prove myself to be taken seriously and all my sisters are always bigger and better than me at things so i think that's what made me really competitive and then Julie, yeah. really, i think was just so far removed from that from having to compete with their sisters because we were so, almost so much older yeah so um i don't know i was like reading a uh, malcolm gladwell's outlier or whatever and that was like one of those things that like being a younger sibling or something like that plays a factor in making people competitive and having you know a formative. a tragedy happening when you're like eight or something like like all the things that he listed that would make you like more likely to be an outlier or something like that like I checked every single block oh really weird a lot of it was by chance
2: yeah like do you think that there was also like an attraction to doing it because your mom you know was so so good at it and it was such a big part of her life
1: yeah I mean I think it it made everything seemed achievable because if you have a world champion walking through your living room yeah you know like she's not an alien i can win the world championships too my mom can so it, it made everything seem a lot more attainable because of her and she had a lot of like the connections and the knowledge and stuff like that that she didn't really want to be my head coach but she wanted to oversee who i was training and who i was training with and she like knew what to give me at the right times and so um I was always kind of like seen as having a lot of potential from a really young age. When I started late, usually people start like six, like gymnastics and they started like 10 and it, in swimming, like I was a good swimmer. That's what I did before, but I wasn't like amazing. And whereas where I started doing judo, people really took notice right away that like, Oh my God, this, this, this girl is going to be really amazing at this. And yeah. I was just hyper competitive and really athletic and really into it at a very young age. And so like, I think thrived on having that kind of attention. But like people saw me as like something special. Yeah. And I I love that that feeling of being special when you're, you know, you're always like the youngest and you're just like, you know, kind of discounted in an afterthought and the little baby that if you're seen as like, no, this little chick is gonna be a killer, I'll be like, Yeah, I wanna be a killer. And I have this <laughs> video of um like certificate of me holding like first place in the white belt division, and it's I look like a Diaz brother. Like I'm sitting there, like what? Like <laughs> first place in the white belt division, Whoa, you know? And yeah, you know, winning uh, a swimming tournament when there's 150 other kids competing in the same race, it's I, I wouldn't I would med- maybe get a ribbon or a top ten or something. But the once I started winning something, I got like addicted to that feeling of winning. Yeah, I'd love to win, and I won yeah. my first tournament, and I. I remember I got one in my first tournament, I got second in my second tournament, and I got a first and a third, my third tournament. Because even by then, my mom was putting me in more than one division. And so she would have me do two or three divisions per tournament. So I'd fight on one mat and then run to another mat and fight another mat and run to another mat and fight on that mat. I would run around and I would win three divisions at once in a day. And then I would go to school and be a loser again. <laughs> so I had like <laughs> alternate life where I was like this judo prodigy just kicking all kinds of ass like, in the evenings and on the weekends and I would go to school and people were making fun of me for being like muscular or whatever. And, um, it, it was kind of like my safe space where I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, eventually it took over my whole life. So I'm just cool everywhere now.
2: Yeah. Well, you overcame, uh, apraxia, which is a neurological condition that makes, you know, speech and writing and learning, you know, words difficult Wow, you
1: did your research. Yeah, it's a a motor speech disorder. Yeah. Like what you're thinking and what your mouth does doesn't really match up. So yeah, public speaking for WWE is really difficult.
0: Oh, is (laughs) it? I try my
1: best. Well, it's just because people are actively trying to distract you while you're doing it. Like people are screaming at you while you talk or like anytime you take a breath, they'll all like scream. What is that? Right. And so like as somebody that, you know, if you're giving an interview or you're like at a press conference, you can like, Flub a word and say it over again, it's not a big deal. But if you don't say every single thing and announce, enunciate it perfectly in WWE, like, oh my God, it's the biggest deal in the world. So, oh, do
2: they, do they, is, are they pretty harsh about that? Like, if you, oh, yeah, a promo in some way, or,
1: yeah, like, even if you just like slur a word or a letter, or you know what I mean? Which is the kind of just right now, the kind of thing that I do all the time. And so that, that kind of made it extra difficult, but it's kind of what I needed because. I don't know. It like puts me outside my my comfort zone and forces me to focus and work on it, which uh, it took a lot of work as a kid. I had to do like speech therapy for years and all of this stuff. But there's like a lot of little kids out there that are dealing with the same thing. So I'm like happy to be an example that you can overcome it. But sure. yeah, sometimes like I get like super tongue tied or, you know, just my there's like a disconnect between
2: my brain and my mouth. Well, it does. I mean, it makes sense. When you have, when you struggle with that, so you end up, which I'm sure, and you end up feeling like, you know, like something less than, you know, you feel like there's something wrong with you. And then you go to judo and all of a sudden you're a winner. And then, you know, and now you're, you're a winner, you get, and you're fighting, but they also expect you to give speeches. Like it doesn't seem fair you
1: know I'm, I'm i'm bummed i didn't get to do like a little wrestling bit in the in the hab in habitha while you were there i was like running portia and everybody through uh
2: yeah a no i have seen. i saw i saw you and portia you know they only
1: showed me in portia i had like i choreographed a whole scene with everybody but you know <laughs> portia part was the funniest and we just it was the funniest yeah across the couch because
2: <laughs> i don't think i don't think you could be a wrestler with her nails that i think that would you be you would
1: be surprised it. no no no. these chicks have long ass nails i don't know how they do it because when i grab people i like grab them yeah but i was i will scratch the hell out of somebody if i have any kind of nail but no all these chicks that are wrestling have long ass nails i don't know yeah. how
2: they do it i'm just i just flashed on one one of the things that you said uh that really <laughs> i loved is that sometimes when you're fighting like you know like your opponent you're like go up to you know grab them to then you know fling them across the ring and you'll say like you look really pretty tonight you yeah. know <laughs> you'll give them a compliment to this person that you're supposed to hate and that you're beating yeah. up you know
1: <laughs> it's so funny because people only see your expression or how you're saying it but they can't yeah. hear what you're saying and so a lot of times you'll be in somebody's face and yelling at them and I was like your hair looks fantastic and I'm going to grab you by that hair and I'm going to throw you into that corner. You're going to call the match and then after that, I'm going to throw you over there and you're going to punch me in the face and then you're going <laughs> to put me up and you're going to smell how fantastic I smell tonight and then you're going to throw me out there. and people think we're just yelling at each other but we're calling the match to each other and uh, yeah,
2: yeah, and complimenting each other.
1: Sometimes nice. you know, Yeah, you'll. you'll
2: <laughs> I bet the men the don't day, do that.
1: I, I mean. Might, but uh I had a friend of mine uh power bomb me the other day and as she like picked me up about to power bomb me and it was about to be a really bad bomb. She goes I love you. And then smashes <laughs> <this kid laughs> me like so bad. I'm like, I oh, already do, you, do?
2: <laughs> ah! you got a weird way of showing it.
1: I know, but it's really fun like when you're with someone in there that yeah. you really
2: enjoy
1: yeah. being with, you know, you say sorry afterward. My friend need me in the face the other day. And uh, it looks so bad. But the thing is, like, no one hits you like your friends hit you because, you know, like, you're going to be cool about it anyway. And so like, you go so much harder on your friends than than anybody else. So, you know, if two people are or or, two people really don't like each other, they'll go extra hard. So you don't really know if somebody they have like beef with each other or not. If you see people like really laying into each other, like they're either really pissed or they're really great friends.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we know. But yeah. yeah, there's certain times where I'll say stuff try, just to try and make everybody else break character, like to make them laugh or something like that. We had a, a live show match where I think all of us were like speaking in pirate action, accents at each other one day. and like nobody could hear you know (laughs) but we were all like yelling at each other like we're pirates trying to make each other laugh and yeah yeah that's like the fun part have you ever made
2: it do you ever like make people break do they laugh sometimes when you
1: i don't know there was one day where i i was like I was supposed to accept a titles challenge and then we were playing around and i was like i'm feeling spicy and then Shayna was laughing and she was like please don't say that on tv please don't and we are on tv and I like <laughs> did this like pose that was like meant to just we're just trying to make each other laugh at that point and i'm like i'm feeling spicy
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so, so yeah there's a lot of times that we just say shit just to try and make each other laugh
2: That's you said you it. said while we were on mars once you were talking about your husband travis brown uh mma fighter for people that don't know and that you often will be like come on let's like let's wrestle like let's fight and then he'll kind of be like no no let's just snuggle and you'll be like no all right i'll snuggle yeah, you know Because it is, yeah snuggle. they're like just the same me. thing they're just different you know Different ways of saying the same thing of like you know yeah. physical contact you know Yeah, the, he's
1: not into wrestling in the living room Anytime I try to wrestle he' like just love me I just love me. No.
2: <laughs> just snuggle I, I get enough of him. that at work
1: yeah yeah
2: well you as know, a teenager you know, as a teenager like did did it was it hard like being an ass kicker in terms of like dating or you know a, a Roman getting a romantic life if you know
1: I mean I didn't really have I mean, I dropped out of high school sophomore year and I never really had like a boyfriend or anything like that. Mm. And um, it was just that I never went to a single dance. I never went to a party. I just didn't have space in my life for the normal things. And I was actually just telling my son the other day because he was like, really getting into football and taking it seriously and, and training and all this stuff. But he's like missing out on a lot of things that other kids are doing because of that. And I was telling him that um, you know you're gonna have to miss out on the things that everybody does to be able to do the things that nobody does and that was just kind of like in that part of my life i was like i'm trying to get to zone fix and i'm not gonna be able to go to parties or be a homecoming queen or (laughs) anything like that because that's the trade so yeah it uh it definitely like cut into my social or romantic anything but uh
2: It was worth it in
1: the end. Okay,
2: that's what I was going to ask. I mean, are you happy with that deal today?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, who's? Sitting around thinking, like God, I, I wish I got to like screw around more in high school. I'd be so much better off now, you know. But <laughs> I probably, you know, would have had higher standards for myself. <laughs> start with if I did, but you know, yeah, yeah young girl, you, you made gotta, all those
2: mistakes later than most people did. Yeah, and, you, you
1: know. got as long as you don't like get impregnated or marry any of the frogs. it's Fine, <laughs> right? Kiss them all. <laughs> Who cares? They're frogs. Yeah. You can learn how to kiss on a frog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up. You ended up. You. You were an Olympic medalist, and and uh, you were. The, were you the first American?
1: The first American woman to win Olympic medal in judo since it became a fully recognized sport in 1992, which I okay. believe it was that recently that women were. Fully recognized. But in 1988, it was brought on as a, rec- like a demonstration sport, and Lynn Rocky won a silver medal, so I want to always point that out.
2: And okay. Lynn Rocky
1: did win it first, but it wasn't fully recognized at that point.
2: Is there a feeling of what now after you, you know, you've go, you go to two Olympics, uh, and you won the medal in the second one that you were at, right? Yeah,
1: but I got screwed over in the first one. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't cut a promo here, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, is there a sense of like, where do I go? Because your mom, you know, she went on to get a Ph.D. in. What was it? Uh, I got it written educational down. Educational psychology. Yeah. And and so, you know, she went, took that and went on to, you know, become a Ph.D. In and in, in a, a doctor. Professor. Yeah. And yeah, she's
1: a world famous statistician as well. Wow, and I could go on and on. She like got a perfect score on the SATs, graduated college at nineteen. She won the world championships while she was a single mother working as an engineer in the eighties, and while she was getting her her PhD, and then went on to become a college professor, and then a world famous statistician, and then she started her uh, ed tech startup and all this stuff. Anyways, she's amazing, and I basically could only do the athletic stuff where she did like the athletic stuff and school and yeah. work and the mom at the same time, which is like kind of unbelievable. And so when I kind of, when I got to that point where that what now point, I uh, was like, okay, I want to have kids, but I want to do wrestling. Cause I feel like it's just, I feel like I should, it was like a calling for some reason. it was like the, the universe kept poking me and just being like, you should wrestle. So yeah, Wait, all right, I'll was do that for before,
2: did you have that feeling before you, you started as MMA fighter or
1: no, no, it was after, when uh, when Shayna and Jessamine were living with me and Marina in uh, Venice. We became the four horsewomen and all the stuff. And Shayna started introducing us to, to pro wrestling and putting it on TV. And just kind of became like our thing that we'd relax and watch at the end of the day when we were done training. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of like sure put us in and like okay this person's in an fight with this person they're mad about this and this was like when the shield was big but then yeah we started getting into it and then Shayna started uh wrestling and we were like you know supporting her and I was just kind of peripherally in the world and me and Trav were like okay let's have a baby is there anything like unfinished business you want to do so I was like all right I want to do wrestling for a couple months and. You know, it's something that you have to spend a lifetime mastering. So I was like, maybe I can like be a valet or help somebody out or be tag team or something for a couple months, then go have a baby. And then they ended up saying like, well, we need you from mania to mania. So it was a whole year. And then it just ended up taking a life of its own. And I ended up being better at it than I thought and being able to do single matches and, and all of these things. And then when I had the baby... I was like, well, my mom had gave me this great example of being a working mother and how you can chase your dreams and be a mom. So I was like, all right, I want to be that example for my baby. I want to be able to she used to breastfeed Maria under the bleachers and like go kick ass and then go to work as an engineer and then go to training with you know, doing push-ups with her baby on her back and then go to the tournament and breastfeed her under the bleachers between matches. And I just thought that was such a cool example that I wanted to do that for Poe. And I feel like I already done that for her, and I mean now it's just like I think it's just time to have some more babies. I think that's what what's really next because my mom always told us like don't have kids young, don't get married young, like like she did. <laughs> yeah, she was like eh, yeah, it's doable, but it's tough. Please don't make it harder on yourself. And so, yeah, um, I really just tried to get all of my career and achievement things done on the front end before really getting into like the family baby marriage stuff. And so yeah. I think now I I think I've gotten a, enough done and <laughs> enough examples to kind of commit more to the fa- family marriage baby stuff. But, um, you know, who knows? I'm still kind of like playing it by ear. It's kind of like a, we wh- and Shana were watching uh, Trish Stratus the other day on um, the ladders. What was that? The money in the bank naturally they have to climb up the ladder to Yeah, the beach, yeah, the suitcase
2: yeah. They've done a bunch. Of them. <laughs> yeah, they've done a bunch. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. been doing that for decades.
1: Yeah, Trish Stratus, who was like, you know, one of the early women that were big in in it, she was back and doing all these kinds of crazy stunts and stuff like that. I looked over at Trina I'm like, "We're never going to escape, are we? <laughs> They're going to Alice <laughs> <have it> forever. <laughs> They're so no escaped, Trish, because the thing is, they wouldn't allow the women to do a lot of those things back right. then and so like dangling carrot i'm like oh trish look now you get to do a ladder match and i feel like that they're just we keep dangling those carrots in front of us as we get older i like well now we're gonna let you do this thing we didn't let you do we're yeah. you're gonna be able to wrestle for 20 minutes instead of eight wouldn't you want to come back and so i don't know maybe there is no escape but i'm hoping to uh focus more on on just you know having babies and stuff like that because I want to have a bunch and there's just so many things that I want to do. It's hard to like pick, okay, I have to put this aside and focus on a baby or I want to be able to take advantage of this opportunity and delay on their baby. It's, it's tough. It's like one of those things that the men don't have to think about so much. because They can just have babies and keep doing it all at the same time. Whereas yeah. we have to kind of figure out like when does what take precedent over the other, you
2: know? Right. Of the three of, of judo, MMA and wrestling, like, which is your favorite and what what do you get out of each one that's different than the other?
1: Favorite? Well, I'd say the most fun is definitely wrestling. Um, the most, like, exhilarating and rewarding is probably MMA. Judo has changed a lot. The rules have changed a lot.
2: Is it hard to lose in professional wrestling since it's not, like, a pure competition in any way? Like, do, is there still oh. part of you? No.
1: It's like saying, like, do you feel bad that, you know, you fell through the DJ table, whereas Michelle Rodriguez got to get up and walk away in Fast and Furious 7? Like, no, had
0: yeah, a yeah.
1: fight scene that I put together in 45 minutes. I'm really, really proud of that. You know, <laughs> so that I got to choreograph that fight scene and take falls on the marble floor and all of these things, like the entertainment, like people always talk to me, Oh, I love that fight scene. And that was like my first time choreographing a fight scene on my, for, on my own for like a movie. And I'm yeah. really, really proud of it. And I don't care that a show just gets locked away and I didn't. It, right. it, it doesn't even it's matter. All like,
2: entertainment. It's
1: entertainment. It's all about, was it entertaining? I think of it like a like couple's figure skating. You, you two together are creating something for the audience and the performance itself is it, that's whether or not you, you won or lost. You win or lose together. It's not like one person wins and the other person loses. There's some people that take it a little bit too seriously and get really upset about losing. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, people that have never actually competed and they don't understand what actual competition is and they think they're on fucking Mars. And so (laughs) (laughs) we're not on Mars. Okay. Who cares who wins or loses? It just needs to make sense for the story. Yeah. And, you know, like I've lost a whole bunch of times this year. I don't care. I don't even remember. Yeah. I lost live like three times. And I lost to Charlotte and uh I'm pretty sure i lost another time but it doesn't even matter because it's all made up yeah yeah, but, yeah, you know some people are so it, it's a crazy world and where you're in character more days of the week than you're not and it's not like acting where you go from one character to another character to another character people play one character the whole career yeah and when they're walking around the street people call talk to them and put their character name instead of their actual name and some of them would rather be that character than themselves. And some people are, you know, just in it so long and they're inadvertently method acting and become that that person. And a lot yeah. of people lose themselves to that character. And it's been some people change their name to be their character name. And so it's a really common thing in the industry where you have to actively try not to lose yourself. But I think being an athlete and coming from high level competition, it's easier to not get fooled into thinking a fake competition is real but if that's the close, the only kind of competition you've ever had yeah it, it can consume you mentally and yeah kind of take over your your own identity and you see it happen all the time and it's uh it happens to like really intelligent grounded people it's just so immersive just like the mars experiment where everyone around you like if your name's lightning bolt they crash you know Everywhere you go, they're like, hey, McCrash, McCrash, McCrash. And every single person calls you McCrash. And four days a week, you're walking around and going, I am McCrash. And then the other three days a week, you're like, I'm Andy. It's Sometimes it's hard to go back and forth between one or the other. So I'm kind of lucky in that my persona is me. Is you. And so, um, but it's also a little bit more difficult because like the line is a little bit more blurred from when I'm Ronda Rousey, the character and Ronda Rousey, myself. But um, that's kind of why I, I like to not spend too much time on that world, because it gets to a point where it starts to consume you and you start just thinking more about character stuff or it spills over into your free time.
2: <laughs> Does, do, do the wrestlers talk about that? Like, do, is that like a, a topic of conversation? Like, you got to be careful that you don't become uh, you know, no, I think it's psychologically kind of- damaged by this?
1: No, I think it's kind of the kind of thing that people more whisper about other people. Yeah. Instead of like bringing it up to them, be like, so-and-so is kind of sipping too much of their own Kool-Aid right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, uh, but it's not as common, I don't think, as as it used to be. I think the especially the women's locker room right now is everyone's so grounded and so cool and like really rooting for each other. It's um, It's very different from that what they would put over on like the diva show that it's all cutthroat and everyone against each other it really feels like the women are all really coming together and just kind of fighting for time on the card Mm -hmm. versus the men you know the men are given so much more time on every single match and every single like you know oh we want to do a a spot on the table nope sorry the guys are doing a spot on the table you can't do Mm -hmm. that you know we want to have a 15-minute match. Oh, you know, sorry, but uh, the, the guy's match ran over and we're going to have to cut your time. Three times, you need to make the match like a, a third as long as, as it was. You need to figure that out within the next five minutes. So then when we get out there, you have to like, basically, people always make fun of how fast I go on my entrance when I'm walking in. But the thing is, the entrance cuts into your time for the match itself. So I'm like, fuck that. I don't give a shit about my entrance. I'm going to get there as quick <laughs> as possible because it's eating into my match time. <laughs> Hey, I'm Rhonda. Like, how the fuck out? How long do you want right, me right. to do this? I'm going in there, start the fucking clock. They've already cut my time three times. <laughs> and the other girls are coming, I'm like, stop, stop, bitches, get in the ring. This is end into our time. They've already cut it three times. Like, yeah. that's what that the women are going through together. And then I feel like all the women come and watch each other's matches and are like all really supportive of each other. And we really feel like it's like, us against the machine, you know, and, yeah. um, it's really bonding for, for all of us. And a lot of times when we're, we're dealing with those kind of issues where it's not like cutthroat, it, it's like a really, I don't know, we're, we're, we're all like kind of in it together. And I, I, it, it makes you more motivated to, to do more because you want every single woman's match on the card to stand out, which is crazy because I see the numbers for the show and the women, can like consistently do the highest numbers on the show and we're consistently marginalized um, with the amount of time and attention that we're given and the amount of, you know effort that we're given from the writing team. A lot of times we just kind of hear what we're gonna do that day. and there's no correspondence back and forth. There's no like, you know, let's talk about this earlier in the week and figure out what we're going to do, Let's plan for what we're going to do next year which they do for a lot of the other men, but they don't right. do for us. So we're constantly making chicken shit and the chicken salad and man, the girl's still fucking killing it. I'm yeah. so proud of all of them. And we're all like, I don't know, really banded together and trying to make ourselves stand out as much as we can with as little as we're thrown.
0: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places.
2: Host of the podcast, This Is Love. Stories about love and all of the surprising forms it can take. Like a man who finds a baby on a subway platform. A woman who spends most of her time alone until a fox starts coming around. And in one of my favorite episodes, we meet a man who forgot his wife and had to get to know her and fall in love all over again. Listen to new episodes of This Is Love wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Can't you, tell my
2: loves are you know, this this podcast is about these questions. And the last one is, what have you learned? Um, like, is there what kind I of learned? Yeah. Like, is there something, you know, when people tell you, like, you know, whether it's advice or whatever, you know, is there some some something you can pass on to people?
1: Well, it seems kind of like cliche and corny. But if the journey isn't rewarding in, in itself, then the reward, the reward isn't going to make up for it. And I was going to, uh, you, you peak in judo in your mid 20s. And I had already been to two Olympics. I won a bronze and I was favored to win, be the first American first American ever to win the Olympics in judo in the next Olympics. And I was absolutely miserable training mm. and I quit and I walked away and I did MMA and everybody said it was the stupidest thing ever. And know, it was a big wasted opportunity, and how dare I do that? And it ended up being the best thing that I ever did. But it was only because I won an Olympic bronze medal, and I remembered how it felt, and I know that winning in a gold wouldn't be that much different. And mm-hmm. I didn't, and I realized that spending four years being miserable so you could possibly be happy for a couple of months isn't worth it. And so, like. A lot of people think like, okay, I got to train and I got to stick my nose in the dirt and I got to do all these things and be miserable in order to get this thing. But if that process isn't rewarding in itself and making you happy, it's not going to be worth it and you're not going to train her work as hard as you possibly can because you need to be passionate about what you do and actually enjoy it. And so I just, I think one thing I've learned is that enjoying the pursuit itself is so much more important than what the reward is.
2: Well. This, this interview was very rewarding for me. How about that for a segue? Bing. I learned that. I learned that in podcast school. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rhonda, I love you. And I'm so happy to see you again. And, uh, and it, was, it was great being on Mars with you and great talking to you today. Uh, and thank you. And thank all of you for listening. And I'll be back next week with more of this bullshit.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me and you guys better keep listening. Also, I'll come find, you. no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Listen, <laughs> bye. Bye. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grahl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's are growing Can't you feel it ain't
0: showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Cocoa production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places?